really try to find out what she feeling, like how she feel. You know, you know, you know what she told me. Are you gonna she, she told. Gonna t- check it out. This is what she said. She said, oh, 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 oh. She said she wants some Marvin Gaye, some Luther Vandross, a little Anita, but definitely set this party on couple of plugs before we dig into the finance roundtable and talk some finance concepts. Uh, church announcements, a couple things coming up to stay on the lookout for. Um, one thing is I will be doing another webinar uh, in May, in the uh, probably second week or third week of May. This time I brought reinforcements, so I will have someone talking about tax, uh, tax implications, how to you know file your all different tax strategies, business, personal, uh, mainly but you know around all those great tax strategies for people. Um, as you know, you still have July till July fifteenth to file and or to fund your um, retirement account. So I have someone talking tax. I'm also bringing on someone to talk about wellness, yoga, fitness. Um, healing, mind, um, and all sorts of wellness. So we have that person that will have a great discussion on that. And then finally, we'll have some talking about career and career coaching and how to you know stay above board and shake some things up during this time. So that's going to be really, really exciting. Look out for that. Um, that'll be coming you know, second or third week of May. We're working on it now. So hope you guys can join that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Sapporo. So welcome back everyone to episode 14, Financial Clarity. Uh, so this episode we want to talk a little, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be financially clear in your goals. So um, I get a lot of questions about, you know, what is retirement age? What are things that, you know, I should set up for myself for goals? And I think that's an individual thing that you need to look at. So when you want financial clarity, one, you have to figure out what is your end goal. Do you want to live comfortably? What does comfortably mean to you? When do you want to retire? Those things are things you want to think about. And then you really want to work back on realizing how you get to that clear perspective. So we'll talk a little bit more about clarity um, in the Ask an Advisor section. Uh, but first, I want to hit it off on you know more sections that we've um, added to the podcast, one being our market updates. So as of you know t- this afternoon, uh, which is... Thursday, April 30th, uh, the past, last five days, the market is actually up 3.49%. Um, this is mainly driven by increased optimism in slowly and safely, hopefully, reopening the economy. Um, and there's still earnings that are going on. This, you know, the earnings season has kicked up quarterly company earnings. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see what companies and CEOs and management is saying about business and how they ha- fared in the first quarter. So that's going to be really important to watch uh, if you're someone that's invested in, in securities. You want to pay attention to earnings, be listening to what the management is saying as they prepare for uh, the next couple of quarters, which is what will really see the biggest effect of COVID and what's been going on uh, throughout this pandemic time. Um, and I want to also add a company update. So I got the idea from a friend um, and they said, hey, i like to hear a little bit about you know, each company just keeps me abreast on something that's going on within 
you know, larger companies. And so this this week, I want to talk about Microsoft. They announced earnings yesterday, I believe, and they actually had good earnings. Um, Microsoft's revenue grew 15% uh, quarter over quarter, and that was, you know, really driven. They said they had minimal impact from coronavirus, which is, um, you know, driven mainly by their cloud business, which um, has actually been, you know, expanding and taking off. Um, and cloud is something that's really, really important that I think investors, people that are interested in tech, um, people that are just interested in finance in general should be paying attention to and watching for the foreseeable future. Awesome. So in our Ask an Advisor segment, um, a couple questions that I wanted to go over um, back to our clarity that we talked about previously. But the first question I got was, how do you know when your emergency fund is sufficient? Great question. Uh, you hear the experts say three to six months, one to six months, whatever have you. Um, I think each person needs to inspect the situation and figure out what makes sense for them. So here's a couple scenarios. If you are a self-employed person or a business owner, as you see with what's been going on in the pandemic, you know, one to three months probably didn't cut it for a lot of business owners and small business owners. Maybe it's a three to six month situation that you want to have if you're a business owner. If you have a stable job, stable career, recession proof, uh, maybe it's one to three months and it's something that makes you feel comfortable and you're okay with that. But you want to keep this cash liquid in a savings account or a high yield savings account uh, where you can easily access it, access it uh, and be able to use for any emergencies. Next question to ask in an advisor segment is what is a good retirement age? Uh, you typically hear 65 as the barometer used for you know research or any different kind of random things. Um, and again, this is something that we want to look at. I hear, for the most part, I hear around 60s for most of my clients. Um, but this is something that you want to look at for yourself. I think a lot of people have aspirations to possibly retire early or live off passive income earlier than 65. And that's something that you'd want to sit down and assess a clear vision for yourself and for your family uh, as you got, if you guys look at the future. And when you have that clarity, then you can make the moves to you know, get to those goals based on what you do now and those actions pay dividends later. All right, and we also have a great interview coming up. Um, actually, first time ever bringing on another finance professional onto the podcast. If you know me, you know, I don't really mix and mingle with other people uh, that are in the finance game, but uh, Alyssa Kyle is awesome. She's a financial coach um, and specifically works with folks within the mission driven service industry. So she likes to work with people um, a lot of times in the nonprofit world and she helps them as a financial coach with a range, range or wide range of great things. I thought it'd be great to have um, her talk a little bit about what she does and her mission and how she's been helping people. Uh, someone I've collaborated with and she has a great group of you know clientele that she works with. So yeah, I kind of broke my own rule because I, I don't really, again, mix with other, you know, finance people, but this is different. She's, you know, we have complimentary things and, and she's really awesome. And so I thought that would be great to have her on because I think we can always learn from other people. Uh, so I'm glad that she was able to spend time speaking about what she does. And I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Welcome back everyone. And thank you for tuning in to another exciting interview. Uh, this is the first time I brought in another finance expert. Um, which I'm really excited about because I don't usually like other finance people, but I do like Alyssa Kyle, who is a financial money coach um, that helps a lot of young professionals. But uh, thank you, Alyssa, for joining. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And I was just giving your profile, your money coach, and I know you specifically work with people uh, in the nonprofit or mission-driven spaces. Uh, can you tell me a little about, tell the people a little bit about what you do specifically? Sure. So yes, that's correct. I specialize in money coaching for young professionals in the nonprofit world or other helping professions. So anything from social work to, um, you know, working in fundraising to direct service at nonprofits. And so what I do with my clients is two big things um, that kind of then branch out into a lot of different things depending on the person. But my primary goal as a financial coach is just to create the space for that person to really focus on their money and um, to get clarity around where they're at right now mm-hmm. and also where they want to go. So when people come to me, they're very often just kind of overwhelmed, um, sometimes living in like a bit of blissful ignorance about where they're at. Mm-hmm. And um in our daily lives, you know, we don't have just time to focus on our finances. Um, We, you know, people are just busy. That's not something we're taught to sit down every week or every month and like, look at where you're at. So my main role is just to kind of create that space and guide people um, to figuring out how they can reach their goals. Love it. Love it. And yeah, you mentioned a few things that were really uh, key, which is just understanding where they're at talk to me about the the blissful ignorance we all sometimes have it and sometimes it's um maybe something that we we like to keep in ourselves in but you know when you when you reach Mm -hmm. someone that has that blissful ignorance i guess what are the steps to uh kind of you know help them realize things that they could possibly change so it usually relates to the spending i think um people are oftentimes just spending money they didn't know they were spending on things they didn't necessarily know they were spending it on. And so my big thing, what I really focus on with all of my clients is values-based budgeting. Mm. So to start, the way I start with every client is I basically have them go through the last three months of their spending Mm. and look at where their money's going. Mm. And a lot of the time, especially, I mean, the most common ones, I think, any financial coach you talk to, they're probably going to say the most common ones are going out to eat, yeah. um, like food and drink and groceries. Yeah. Um, and maybe depending on where you're at, like in New York City, you know, maybe Uber, <laughs> those <laughs> kind of things. People don't know how much they're spending on those. And so I have them go through that and we come up with an average, you know, spending that they're doing every month. And then I just kind of, guide them and ask them, is that, does that align with your values? Do you want to spend $500 on going out to eat in a month? And some people do. And Mm. if that fits within your budget, if that's not stopping you from paying your bills or saving or paying down debt, then great. But a lot of people Mm. are like, no, I just do it, you know, for convenience or I just never can say no when my friends ask me to go out to dinner Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't really align. So we work on one identifying what where the money's going to whether or not that actually aligns with their values and what they want their money to be doing and then coming up with strategies to change it if it is not in alignment love that yeah the values-based budgeting is great i know i love that you employ that tool 
as you mentioned, uh, if sometimes, you know, I'm not a person that wants to tell people you shouldn't be doing this or getting coffee or stuff, but if it, like you said, mm-hmm. if it fits in their budget and it allows you to reach the goals, then it's something you should be able to do. But again, the goals come first, which is a great right. thing you pointed out. Um, next, I really want to switch gears into, you know, obviously you're expert financial coach. Um, what made you want to be a financial coach? What was the thing that kind of spurred you to get into this area, a uh, line of work? Yeah. So I actually got started as a financial coach in my nine to five career. Mm. Um, right after grad school, my, my first job in New York city was as a financial coach for low income people mm. in the city, which is much different than what I do right now in terms of the profile of the client, but a lot of the struggles are the same. It's just on a different level, um, to some degree, but, um, so I actually got started that way because I knew I wanted to be in the nonprofit world. Um, but then as I moved my way up in my career, in my nine to five career, I really missed the financial coaching that like one-on-one connection with clients. Yes. And I also, as I, one of the things that really inspired me was getting started in New York city in the nonprofit world. I was making $42,000 a year, which is, not that easy to live on in New York City. Exactly. And and so there's just all of this sort of internalized, you know, myths around money and limiting beliefs when you're, which we all have them, but they're really compounded in the nonprofit world where you're kind of told like, well, if you, if you really care about what you're doing, then the money doesn't matter. Yeah. And so I struggled with that personally. So like that internalized, limiting belief plus the fact that I really was not making that much Mm -hmm. and wasn't making, you know, enough to, I, I really couldn't, I think it, I think it always took me, uh, like one and a half paychecks to cover my rent Mm. when I was making that much money. And so, um, it was a struggle. And so when I was able to move up in my career and really one, start making more money to get a handle on my own finances and kind of overcome some of those limiting beliefs. I wanted to start helping other people who had been in the same situation or were in the same situation. So um, I also do focus on just salary negotiation, but also moving up in your career in the nonprofit world um, with my clients, because that's, that's one big vision that I have um, is that qualified, talented, passionate people would stop leaving the nonprofit world Mm because of money struggles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned that before to me which i think mm-hmm. is great and the 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 reason behind why you became a coach is it's inspiring for you know obviously for myself and for just for people that are listening to this i'm sure it is for them as well um so you know that's actually really wonderful and i actually didn't even say the name i know you obviously have nine to five where you do great at but the name of your actual financial coaching which was financially correct so I recently, let me tell you a story. So yes, it was that, but I recently adjusted it because, so this is a podcast and no one can see, but um, I, what I did was had the word financially and then I made the last bit all capital. So it was yeah. like ally, which, you know, resonates with the nonprofit sector. Yeah. But one, when I made that name, when I came up with it for an online business, I never thought about how you would actually pronounce it verbally. <laughs> and also because my name is Alyssa, a lot of people then think that it's a nickname for Alyssa, like yeah, Allie, which it's not. Yeah, so as of like a week ago, you're one of the first to know. Um, it's now just the financial ally. 
Got it. No, I saw it yeah. on the website because I checked the website. I was like, that looks different. Um, yeah. I checked the website. And I'm actually looking at your newsletter, which is a great, um, you know, recent letter, uh, newsletter that you put out. If people that don't know, I think you do it, you know, you'll tell them more about it. But it's, you know, pretty frequently that it's a week or mm-hmm. every few days that you send out a newsletter to people on Alyssa's newsletter, which this one was talking about finances in the time of quarantine or in the time of COVID, uh, where you kind of broke out some things for people to do. Um, I want the podcast out, obviously, because one, I'm not a great writer. So um, I don't want to, you know, do that for me. I love, you know, talking, but you want the newsletter out and obviously you can branch out to other things. But talk to me about your content and what you're currently doing to get content to uh, to your kind of your people that are listening. Yeah, so my newsletter is probably one of my main sources um, of communicating with my community and my clients. Um, and I do, I, I just do try and send a full newsletter once a week. And then sometimes other emails will come up out about like opportunities to work with me. Um, or sometimes I just have questions for the community, want to know what they need. So I'll send other ones throughout the week. But the newsletter is once a week. Um, and then I also have my Instagram, which is where I'm probably most active. And that is just my, my name on Instagram is the financial underscore ally. Mm. Um, so that's, those are kind of the two places that I communicate with, but, um, sort of what you said where you don't love writing. I love writing. So that's (laughs) one of the reasons I stick with a newsletter. Um, I think it's a really easy way for for me to get out what I want to communicate, but also um, people can always refer back to it like they can with a podcast as well, but um, can go back and read some of the tips that I've shared and um, different parts of my story. I love that. No, I love that. And yeah, it's great. Um, I obviously skim and and go through things that you've put out there and it's good to learn from someone that's also, you know, that just does a great job in your work. And I've seen it uh, through, through your clients firsthand. So um, that's wonderful. Um, and then uh, I guess, you know, a couple last things that I want to touch on is what's next. I know you have programs, you take on people. What do you have currently for people that maybe wanting to look into working with you? What type of programs you have going on right now or what's going on in the cycle? And then, and then finally, where can people reach out to you? Kind of mentioned your Instagram, I guess, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Yeah. So I am currently wrapping up the first round of my my new signature program, which is called Mission Driven Money. Mm-hmm. And that will be the next cycle will be relaunching in June. Um, mm-hmm. So people can definitely get on the wait list for that if they would like. It's my, it's a group program. Um, and it's my signature five step program to help mission driven professionals get clarity on their goals. Um, build up savings and really start to tackle debt. So Mm. um, debt payoff is a huge thing that I work with folks on, especially student loans. Um, So that will be starting up again in June. And so anyone who um, is interested in that can always DM me on Instagram. Like I said, I'm really active there or people can email me at Alyssa at the financial ally.com. And I'm happy to give them more information on the program. Um, And then I also always have private coaching. So one-on-one coaching, which um, is for folks who are either on a really tight deadline, like they may be planning a wedding or planning a huge move or something like that, where um, there's just, they really need the intensive accountability and have really big goals to meet. Or, um, excuse me, 
someone else who um, maybe just needs less education because mission-driven money does come with um, a bit of just education on personal finance, whereas the one-on-one coaching is more for people who have the education and just um, haven't been able to get as far as they would like on their own and want that extra accountability. Yes. No, that's wonderful. No, that's great. Mission driven, um, the mission driven program and also mission driven money, mm-hmm. as well as one on one coaching, great ways. And I've seen it firsthand again, people uh, with, you know, what Alyssa does with her clients. So, um, no, Alyssa, thank you for calling in. Uh, I'm glad you're staying healthy and safe and that your bunny is doing well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she has a bunny for people that don't know. I think bunnies are great pets, I'm hearing. Is that true? I've seen a couple of people on Instagram that have. Bunnies and they love love it. How do you take care of a bunny? I don't know. So they are they're very high maintenance. They're not beginner pets at all. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought they're like cats. Just, like, just leave them there. And stuff. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. If I had a cat, I wouldn't have dri- <laughs> flown back to New York to drive my rabbit to Minnesota, which is what I did for all of our listeners because I was going to be stuck in Minnesota. Um. Yeah. No. Rabbits are great. They're People don't really think that they have personalities or are affectionate, but if they're well taken care of, they really can be. Um, They don't, rabbits do not live in cages if they're well taken Mm. care of. They always have like like plenty of floor space, potentially their own room. Mm. Um, What else? Yeah, they don't eat carrots a lot. They're only a snack. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're like candy to rabbits so just like we would only have candy once in a while so would rabbits so. <laughs> but they're great this is <laughs> wow we just i mean Lisa knows a lot about rabbits and as well a lot about finance so <laughs> i hope you guys can reach out to her but again thank you for your time and i hope you have a great rest of the evening thank you have a good day you too bye